0: It's a crime. This information has been suppressed this long. Now let's get on with the podcast. Okay, welcome back to another episode
1: of the Steroids Podcast. First thing for today, guys, head over to the SteroidsPodcast.com website, www.SteroidsPodcast.com and sign up for the VIP list there so that we can fight online censorship together because, you know, information like I'm... Put giving to you guys on the podcast is uh, it's not stuff that the powers that be and the people who are gatekeepers want uh, you to be hearing and knowing. Um, and so, you know, stuff like my content gets deleted on social media from time to time. And that's why it's important that I have your email address so that if I ever do get deleted, censored for... You know, revealing this information that we talked about on the steroids podcast that I'll still be able to communicate with you. So go ahead and go over to steroidspodcast.com and sign up for the steroids podcast VIP list. Okay, it's free and it protects us from being censored. I can still contact you if one day some of my stuff disappears. I can still contact you and say this is where it is now so you can still access it. Alright, so getting on for the first question of today is from I am Guard. He says, I have a question for the next podcast. I have attention deficit disorder and have been prescribed concerta for the past five years or so at twenty seven milligrams per day. I've noticed that I lose all my appetite, but is it a bad decision to take it along with ROIDS? Um so the first thing with stimulants, and this goes for any stimulant. This goes for something like caffeine, ephedrine, clenbuterol, ritalin. Ritalin and Concert are the same things, just different brand names. Or something like Adderall, which is um, a mixture of amphetamines. Um, if you take any kind of stimulants, what they do is they increase your muscle tone, which means the amount of contraction that your muscles maintain when they are resting. So like the amount of... You know, if somebody has taken stimulants, their muscles will feel harder when you touch them, when they're relaxed. Um, And then another thing that they do is they open your windpipe so so that more air can flow into your lungs more easily. And then the other thing that they do is they increase your blood pressure. And that's to get more blood and oxygen and nutrients to the muscles to get you ready for that action, fight or flight, response. So they directly increase blood pressure and the thing with blood pressure, in my opinion, it is the most important uh, thing to be watching out for for steroid users. So a lot of guys are worried about their livers and say like, oh, you know, liver damage is the thing that I'm really uh, afraid about with steroid use. Uh, But actually, the liver is a very resilient organ and the amount of stress that steroids put on the liver is um, very overblown. So they do stress. They do stress the liver. Oral steroids do stress the liver. uh, But the amount of damage that they do um, is insignificant compared to things like Tylenol um, or drinking alcohol, even so it's actually blood pressure that you should be more worried about because the main thing is that it ruins your kidneys to maintain high blood pressure for extended periods of time. So your kidneys filter your blood and you need them to maintain a clean blood. And that's why it's very important for your kidneys to be functioning well. So if you have high blood pressure, The little tiny tubes that are in your kidneys that filter the blood, they, they explode and they can't really fix themselves when that happens. So like the liver, it can regenerate itself fully from being like nearly destroyed in only 30 days. But with the kidneys, they can't really remake those tubules. It's like, um, you need to take care of the kidneys, uh, and keep them healthy. So... You know, you hear about some pro bodybuilders who, you know, they retired and now they're on dialysis where you go and have a machine filter your blood each day. And, you know, that's, that's from high blood pressure and having that over extended periods of time and then having the kidneys lose their function. So the high blood pressure is really something to watch out for when you're using roids and the combination like I am guard asked for this question the combination of using stimulants with roids it increases your risk factors okay so this is the reason why you you check out your blood pressure you check out your blood work sometimes and just see you know how are things going so that you have that data so that then you can know you know what's happening uh, So as far as blood pressure numbers you want it ideal blood pressure, if you went to the doctor and they measured your blood pressure, something in the range of 110 to 120 over 80 is the like ideal range or the perfect range. So the higher number, the first number is the systolic number. That's the one that when your heart contracts and pumps blood, that's the measure of the pressure inside your veins and arteries during that time. And that's the one that using steroids usually increases so you'll notice pretty much everybody that uses steroids uh, their blood pressure does increase a bit um, and the numbers that you want you really do want to get that um, around 120 over 80 once you start getting past like 135 over 80 like 135 over 70 to 80 um, you know 140 and then that that's like you you've got like high blood pressure at that point. Um, so really I would I would say that 135, 140 for bodybuilders, if you're a big guy, you have high blood pressure. I mean, fat people have higher blood pressure too. So there is some elements to just bodybuilding in general, being big, raising your blood pressure a bit. Um, but you definitely do want to keep it under 140, like preferably under 135, and you want it to be perfect. Like, like you want it to be between 110 uh, to 120 over 80. Um, and that's important. That, that's, that's one of the most important things. Um, there's a few things that you can do if you have high blood pressure to reduce it. And the first one is eating no processed foods in your diet. So when you eat foods that are processed and they're like made in a factory and stuff like that, they have impurities in them that cause a inflammation response in your body. And it causes you to take on water into your into your skin and it causes an increase in blood pressure. So removing those foods uh that are processed, not natural, meaning you know foods that aren't like eating animals or products that come from animals or uh eating things that grew in the ground, you know. Uh you know rice grows in the ground. You, you get what I'm saying? Uh potato grows in the ground. So if you just eat those types of foods and take out the processed foods it makes a profound difference in your blood pressure. It actually makes a profound difference. Okay, so that's the first thing that I would do um, to reduce blood pressure, because you know you could you can definitely reduce your blood pressure like 15 to 20 points um, just doing that. And then the other thing that you can do is you can take um, Cialis at a low dose daily, and that usually reduces the the systolic number uh, about 10 points. So. That, that number that bodybuilders usually have trouble with. Uh, so a little a little bit on, you know, why it does that. So, you know, normally Cialis or Viagra, they're known as erection medications. Um, and so what they are, that type of drug is called a phosphodiesterase type 5 inhibitor, uh, abbreviated PDE5 inhibitor. And uh, what that does is the, the phosphodiesterase type 5 enzyme it goes and eats up the nitric oxide and the stuff that that makes the the veins uh relax in the penis and just in general in your body but especially in the penis and you know when the veins are relaxed then the pressure from the blood um from the blood volume flowing through them are not it's not as high but if they're uh constricted and contracted tight and the pressure inside is higher. So that's how uh, phosphodiesterase type 5 inhibitors like Viagra and Cialis reduce blood pressure. Um, They were originally uh, being researched for reducing blood pressure, but then once they were uh, made and in trials testing, um, they noticed it had a profound erectile effect. And so they decided to change the marketing Uh, from the intended you know when they were researching making those new chemicals those new medications it was for blood pressure control but then they decided uh, this this drug is better is better uh, for making money by marketing it as a sexual dysfunction tool so that's what they changed it to but anyways if you want to use Cialis for blood pressure control five milligrams per day is the dosage and five milligrams per day take it every day Um, it generally reduces the systolic uh, number of your blood pressure by about 10 points doing that so the combination of that and uh, changing your diet can be a really potent uh, blood pressure decreaser but as far as sexual dysfunction dosages of Cialis go I mean we should go over that anyways that's like 20 milligrams so Cialis is pretty long-acting And if you take a twenty milligram tablet, you would notice it working for sexual dysfunction for three days. Um if you only just took it one day, you know, a twenty milligram tablet. But with for the blood pressure, you take the five milligrams every day. So that's that's the dosages for that. All right, let's get on to the next question. Next question is from Casper. Hey Dan. Uh love the podcast. They're really informative. I'm having fun learning about roids. My question is, what is the best and most optimal way to use Clenbuterol? Uh, Yeah, so Clenbuterol, it's an effective fat burner, especially with cardio activity and especially with fasted cardio. If you wake up in the morning and do fasted cardio after, um, you know, popping some Clenbuterol and then waiting 30 minutes for it to kick in and then go do some fasted cardio like low intensity, that's a really good uh, fat burning uh, activity activity very effective and some people say you know you should take clen two weeks on two weeks off or something like that Uh, but my way that i've noticed that it works best and i've seen it work the best in the people that use it is to just keep on using it until you're basically like done if you start using it during your cut then just keep using it during your cut and it stays effective um you know during the first one or two weeks yes that is when it's the most effective probably especially the first week but then it doesn't like stop working after that so it stays working for like definitely basically always it's always you're always going to be leaner when you're using clenbuterol than when you're not clenbuterol isn't fun to be on though it doesn't make you feel good so that's why people don't want it to use it all the time um but it, for me if you ask me, you know what is the most effective way to take clenbuterol? I would say, you know, start out low, and do the do the fasted cardio with it in the mornings. Start out with 20 micrograms per day, and then about every seven days increase it another 20 micrograms. So it'd be like week one would be like 20 micrograms per day, and then week two uh, 40 micrograms, week three 60 micrograms week four 80 micrograms and so on and um you know doing that all the way up to like 160 micrograms or so per day and then you know 120 to 160 micrograms per day and then pretty much cutting it off there uh with the dosages increasing but yeah you can keep it going for six to eight weeks that way and definitely get sustained fat loss from clenbuterol that way all right next question is from mr Babchuck. I watched your video on how you would use Tren and you said you would do 300 milligrams each of testosterone propionate and Trenbolone acetate and take injections Monday, Wednesday, Friday. I've seen some other people use this exact protocol too, but wouldn't your levels be unstable on Sunday? People say they don't feel a difference between Monday, Wednesday, Friday and everyday injections, but why is that? I used a steroid calc and it went up and down like crazy. Yeah. So when you use fast acting steroids or like orals uh, or fast acting injectables like propionate or acetate, uh, the, the levels are like these really uh, strong spikes, pretty much centered around the four or five hours or six or so hours after you, after you take them, after you take the injection or take the tablet, uh, the levels spike very prominently, quickly, within hours Um, and then drop down very quickly. And if you take those, those hormones, though, that are fast acting, you can still only take them, you know, like once a day or every other day, and they still work. And so people wonder sometimes, you know, why if the levels are going up and down so quickly, and I'm not having it in my system for a long time, why is it still working? And the answer to that is because when you have it on a set, on a somewhat consistent basis when you're taking that hormone on a consistent enough basis that your body can you know regularly see it which is about mm, something like 24 to 48 hours uh taking it regularly within those time frames then the way that steroids work is that they work by making alterations to the way that your cell the the muscle cell expresses its dna So they work through the nucleus of the cell where the DNA is. They communicate with the androgen receptor on the outside of the cell. The steroid docks with that androgen receptor, and then that androgen receptor transmits a message to the nucleus of the cell uh, that says do muscle building things like stop getting rid of protein and start building protein up, taking more carbohydrates and send them to the send them to the muscles and so that that's actually a process that goes on within the DNA nucleus of the cell so you'll notice that like no steroid works really good the first day you take it and that's because getting those DNA changes it doesn't change your DNA okay it just it changes like the way that your DNA is expressed to make some things more prominent than they otherwise would be It, it like, it modifies the way that your DNA is expressed a bit. So that's why you become more muscular and shit. Uh, And, you know, you grow more muscles around your face and everything. (laughs) So as long as you're getting them in on a semi-regular basis, like every 24 to 48 hours, that's enough to keep that steady signal going to that nucleus of the cell that the steroid is present in your system. And that seems to be enough to make it so that you don't feel any ups and downs. Um so that's why people have success taking um some like oral steroids sometimes or taking fast acting injectables like propionate or acetate esters and doing them 3 days per week or doing them every other day, not doing them every day. And even if you do do them every day, there's still these big spikes in blood levels. So the it doesn't really matter It doesn't really matter as long as you're getting that signal to the nucleus i prefer monday wednesday friday or every other day injections with trend balone acetate and the reason for that is because i get less side effects so when i'm sending that signal to my body all the time so frequently every single day when i do every every day trend injections then without having those peaks and valleys then I get pretty, pretty significant trend side effects. And a lot of that would be in the s- sexual dysfunction category. So for me, actually having those peaks and valleys when I'm using trend, that actually makes me get way less side effects. Like it's a significant difference for me. I get less side effects taking Trenbolone acetate every other day than I do taking it every day. That goes against a lot of what you've read on the internet, but this is my personal experience from a real person. So take that with a, take that. Take it. All right. The next question is from Jake Belcher. Best PCT for 16 week testinanthate, 600 milligrams cycle. Please help. Still confused with Nova 40 milligrams Two weeks, 20 milligrams, two weeks be enough. Okay, that was a very confusing question, Jake. Um, I'm going to interpret it, okay? I'm about to use my interpreting skills. You're looking for a PCT after you do a 16-week cycle of testosterone and anthe at 600 milligrams. Okay, and you're thinking you want to use Nolvidex. All right, yeah, you could use Nolvidex for like 40 milligrams at 40 milligrams per day for two weeks and then 20 milligrams per day for two weeks, and then like a final fifth week or so on like 10 milligrams and then go off of it. And yeah, that would probably turn your testosterone levels back on. Uh, You know, Clomid and Novidex though, they really don't have the same kind of profound um, testosterone increasing effect uh, and doing it really quickly the way the HCG does. HCG is the best PCT drug, guys. And, you know, taking a thousand IUs two or three times a week of HCG, you know, within three days, you have really high natural testosterone levels and full sperm production after you start that. Whereas on Novadex, it's when you're doing it for a PCT or even Clomid, it's your, your levels aren't like bouncing back so hard and so fast the way that they do with HCG. So I definitely recommend using HCG for the PCT always. And again, that's using one to two thousand, 1,000 IU injections subcutaneously into the fat uh, two or three times per week. And then you can combine that with the Novadex. And the Novadex hits uh, restarting your reproductive system from a different angle. Um, the Novadex works on your brain to restart it, while the HCG works directly on your testicles to restart it. So they're best used together and with the HCG, you can use that for about four weeks. I wouldn't do it for less than three weeks if you're gonna use it for PCT. Okay, next question is from Ron. Had a question. I've heard Tudka can help with oral steroids with keeping liver values within range, but I've also heard people say not to take Tudka around the same time you take your orals like to stagger timing a couple hours apart because it'll weaken the oral steroid effect. Is this true or a myth? I guess it's more of a question when trying to use with short orals like D-ball, which is usually taken multiple times per day. Um, so let's talk about why Tudka um, or like uh, acetylcysteine or milk thistle, silly Marin. Uh Why, why those help decrease um, those markers of liver stress on a blood test, AST or ALT. Um, so what the all those liver drugs do is they increase the amount of glutathione in your liver. They basically reload the amount of glutathione in your liver that has been uh, reduced through inactivating toxins from those oral steroids, okay? So, the principal antitoxin that your liver stores in order to neutralize toxins is an antioxidant called L glutathione. And it stores that within the liver. And so, the more toxins that you've got going on in your body, the more of that L glutathione is being used up. And so, what all those liver supplements do, acetylcysteine, Tudka, milk thistle, they reload the, gl- the, the liver with the antioxidant L-glutathione so that it can have all the glutathione that it needs to neutralize toxins. Because once the glutathione levels get low, then your liver doesn't have what it needs to neutralize the toxins, so that's when your liver starts getting beat up. So that's why those, those work well. Um, As far as oral steroids being used at the same time as it and people saying, you know, oh, does it decrease the potency of the oral steroids? Well, we just looked at, you know, why, um, why it works. Okay, so it doesn't like block the absorption of of the steroids. Why those liver supplements? They don't they don't block the absorption of the steroids. I don't think that you have anything to worry about using Liver protection supplements during a cycle. There's been, yeah, some people who say, "Oh, I don't like to use that," and you know, most people don't use it. Most most bodybuilders are not taking um, liver protection supplements. You know, as a religious thing, but you know, a good a good amount do though. Definitely, some do. There's definitely a cohort. So. Just take them if you want to take them. And it's a good thing to take them because they do keep your liver loaded with their antitoxin, L-glutathione. So if you want to take it, take it. And I don't think that it's going to be making your steroid cycle not work the way that it should. Okay, the next question is from Kevin. Can you discuss what to do now that all the gyms are closed? What to do when you are mid-cycle and this happens? you go on a cruise for a couple of weeks then start back up again when the gym opens? I normally cycle and use PCT. Um, yeah, it depends on what kind of cycle you're on. So right now the, you know, the gyms are shut down a lot because of the coronavirus thing. And so I've got this question from a lot of guys actually um, asking about, you know, what should I do with my cycle? I'm in the middle of my cycle and, you know, the gym just got shut down. They don't know if it's going to be shut down for a month or what and what to do and what you really should do is if you are thinking you know you're not going to be going to the gym for a long time well you shouldn't really come off your cycle because you're going to start going backwards so if you're not able to lift weights and you're not on steroids and you've been using steroids you're going to start losing muscle (laughs) all right Because uh, when if you've got a bunch of steroid muscle buildup, for one thing, when you go off those steroids, and if you're not doing training either, oh my gosh, your body just wants to eat all that stuff up. Because it's like, what is all this tissue hanging out here? Very metabolically expensive. Don't want this. Only reason I was keeping it is because I was on gear and training. So I would not recommend coming off of your cycle uh, and doing a PCT and not being able to lift weights on the same time of could turn into a total meltdown disaster. Um, if you're doing something like taking something harsh, like taking like Tren or taking orals or something, yeah, you could take that out, but but then t- uh, leave in the base of your cycle so that your body has higher than natural testosterone levels and stuff or if you're t- taking other injectables, you know, like if you're taking Test and Deca or uh, Test and Primo, you know, Testing master on something, some 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 echoise, you know, leave it in. Leave it in. Don't take it out. Cause uh you gotta have that hormonal support for the muscle that you've built up, especially if you're not doing weight training. Okay, next question. Anonymous asks, Bro, I have a question for the Amazing Steroids Podcast. How will the coronavirus expect affect the supply chain of advanced supplementation Um, so I think he's talking about where the raw ingredients for steroids come from so most of them come from China everybody pretty much knows that that the the actual crystal powder that steroids like the the active ingredient the raw active ingredient um, is mostly manufactured in factories in China It's also manufactured in some other places in the world um, and mostly in third world countries, as odd as that is. Um, But I don't think that the coronavirus is going to affect the supply chain of those kinds of uh, steroids or performance enhancing drugs. Um, They they may increase their prices because it may increase the demand or it may decrease the demand or the supply. I really don't know. I would say that this very unpredictable, very hard to make an accurate prediction about this scenario, which brings me to your next question. In an apocalyptic scenario, what advanced supplementation could give you an edge in a world with no law or rules? I like that one. Um, I would say basic, basic, um, uh, just to be able to not have to use a lot of stuff. So I would probably get letrozole and testosterone myself. I'm going to speak for myself. Okay. If I was thinking, okay, what am I going to stock, stock up because I'm in a apocalyptic situation, but I want to stay like big and strong and as athletic as I can be. And also not be needing to get a bunch of stuff because it may be hard to obtain. I think I would just take 750 to a thousand milligrams of testosterone per week. And I'd probably take like a, a half a letrozole tablet, like maybe like twice per week or something like that. Um, because I could get a lot of bang for my buck out of that. So I could get like a good stock for it in that apocalyptic situation. And, uh, I would be able to use it like for a long time, and uh, you know it's very potent, you know, just taking like three CCs of testosterone per week. Uh, that's not expensive, It's very potent, and it'll keep a lot of muscle and strength on me. Uh, it'll do a good job of doing that without being stressful, not needing to get a bunch of supplements or side effects, uh, supplements to deal with side effects or ancillary drugs or anything like that. So that's what I'd do. That's kind of a fun question okay next question is from sushi juice and sushi juice asks got a question for the podcast if a person is 30 percent body fat if they take steroids what would happen specifically d-ball uh you will gain muscle under your body fat uh you will gain muscle and strength under your body fat if you are it's it's like 30 percent body fat is fairly obese so that's like somebody who has they definitely have a belly uh you know like hanging out in front of them uh, so that's the type of uh starting point that we're talking about here and if you add d-ball to that um, you you will probably if you're taking something like 50 milligrams per day or so if you if you're active and you do cardio while you're doing that and then you do weight training at the same time and you eat, A bro diet things like a you know potato or rice with salmon or beef or chicken you know and you're having meals like that going through your body on a regular basis throughout the day every day um, you would expect to lose some fat and you would expect to gain some muscle and strength and density under that fat but if you just changed nothing with your diet and started taking the d-ball and kept lifting weights yeah the d-ball would still work you would you probably wouldn't lose any fat. You would just uh get bigger and stronger and that muscle would be being developed underneath the fat that you had. So steroids do work for obese people, but a lot of people want steroids to be a magic bullet for fat burning and they are definitely not that. So if you want to use steroids like to to like lose significant amounts of fat they're really just not that good at that they're actually better at building up tissue and increasing your body weight they're they're definitely it's not that's not what they're used for so if if a person has a significant amount of fat to lose and they're like okay i'm going to take steroids and that's going to like burn up all my body fat and make me ripped like that's really a very low chance of that working out and happening and being a successful thing for them that very very low probability of that happening uh if they want to lose weight then the having the balanced diet is the most important thing you know doing the things that your mom and your grandma taught you eating your vegetables every meal uh eating your breakfast lunch and dinner and having <laughs> you know hearty food in that i'm serious i'm serious uh, a lot of you know having a stable good diet the way that you know if you had parents that wanted you to eat healthy growing up taught you to do it it works really well for bodybuilding okay and another question from panu hi i'm 36 years old i did master on an lgd three months back i have lost interest in in sex. I mean, I was so horny that the moment I saw a scene on TV or phone, I get aroused, but now it's not. I mean, sometimes I feel like there's nothing down in my pants. My mind wanna have sex, but don't get the feeling. I have lost my erection as well. Kindly help me. I tried clomid as well. That doesn't sound like a fun situation. So, you were on cycle with a LGD4033, Asarm. And then you were using injectable Mastron with that. Um, and that was three months ago. And so it sounds like on the cycle, you actually did have a, a high sex drive because you said that you were very horny, but now you're not. And it seems like, you know, you've completely lost the mental. Uh, no, you, you do have the mental still. You say sometimes you feel you get aroused, but now it's not. Sometimes you feel like there's nothing in your pants. Your mind wants to have sex, but don't get that feeling. Okay. So it's basically just your penis isn't acting right. Your mind is still okay. Normally what I would say is, you know, for guys that are having like a mental lack of sexual desire, taking 50 milligrams proviron per day. Uh, the the chemical name for proviron, which is the brand name, is Mesterlone. And so taking that, that'll solve your, your mental desire for sex issues. Um, as long as you're not taking Trenbolone at the same time, uh, then, then doing that, that'll, that'll solve that if you're not using Trenbolone and DECA. Uh, but then with you, it's not really a mental thing because you said that you are still feeling horny, but it just feels like there's nothing down there in your pants. So, you know, I would say that the best thing to do to fix that man is to take some Viagra or Cialis. That's gonna make you feel a lot better because it's gonna make your dick work better. Um, As far as like correcting the problem though, uh, it sounds like you have a negative feedback loop as far as like your natural testosterone production and like estrogen regulation in your body from coming off that cycle. And you need to do some type of a PCT. You either need to like go back on cycle And start taking testosterone again and then i think you'll feel better or you need to do a pct and to do that pct definitely take the hcg because taking hcg human chorionic gonadotropin 1000 iu injection two to three times per week uh that's that's going to bring your natural function your natural hormonal function back up to maximum after only about three days and so you can feel really quickly you know the difference that it makes and I think I think that what happened is basically you went off the Masteron and you went off the LGD you didn't do a PCT and uh, now you've probably got kind of a higher estrogen level going on in your body and that higher estrogen level is being recognized by your hypothalamus and so your hypothalamus is not it's not releasing gonadotropin releasing hormone to make your pituitary gland release luteinizing hormone and follicle stimulating hormone, which then go to your testicles to make them produce testosterone and produce sperm and then get your hormone regulation going the way that it should be. So the male hormonal system, it needs the, it needs the estrogen levels in the body to be low in order for the male hormonal system to function normally. So if you've got, um, Female hormone levels that are elevated, which a lot of times they are, if a guy comes off of steroids and then doesn't do a PCT, a lot of times the female hormone levels will become elevated and cause this negative feedback loop where they're high and until they get reduced by using force against them um, and using force to turn back on the balls, then these, you know, these people will just end up being hypogonadal or having, um, you know, their gonads, their testicles um, not functioning for you know ex- an extended period of time, sometimes years. Um, so how you fix that is you just take a PCT, and the way that will fix it, you know, guaranteed, and get your your testicles working again, like in a few days, is taking the HCG, and then yeah, take the Novadex with it too. Take the Novadex twenty to forty milligrams per day for a few weeks, you know, up to like six weeks or so, and uh, I would also even take an anti-estrogen a little bit uh, in your situation. That could be something that you do, like the first thing that you do before you even take any HCG. You could just take like a, a Remedix or Letrozole or exemestane. Just take like one tablet. And within about 24 hours, I would predict that you would be feeling quite a bit better. Um, but if that didn't fix you, then you would need to start taking the HCG and Nolvidex. Um, and you'd probably need to, while you were doing that, because HCG produces quite a bit of estrogen too, you'd probably have to keep on taking the anti-estrogen with it a little bit. So taking the Arimidex or Exemestane or Letrozole a little bit while you did that to keep those estrogen female hormone levels down.
0: If you would like your questions to be answered on the Steroids Podcast, go to Steroidspodcast.com and leave a comment with your questions or email or private message steroidspodcast at gmail.com or steroidspodcast on Instagram. Until next time.